Hi, and welcome to Make Space for Nature from Nature Scott, the podcast that celebrates Scotland's nature and landscapes, helping you connect with and protect our amazing natural world. I'm Kirsten Guthrie, and in this special episode for Green Health Week, Fiona Leith and I chat to Paul McFarlane, mountain bike trail therapy leader with Developing Mountain Biking in Scotland, part of Scottish Cycling. Trail therapy is an innovative project supported by Nature Scott and Partners, using mountain biking and contact with nature to help people suffering from mental ill health. He explains the positive impact it's having on participants' mental and physical health and suggests ways we can all benefit from making space for nature. So hi Paul, welcome to the Make Space for Nature podcast and thank you for joining us today. How are you? I'm very well, thanks for having me along. Not at all, not at all. So um, you work for Scottish Cycling as a trail therapy mountain bike leader. Can you tell us what the trail therapy project is and how does developing mountain biking in Scotland fit into that? So trail therapy is a bespoke programme to help people improve their mental well-being. And the way in which we do that is we address various issues that might be affecting them, such as their physical health and their mental health. We mesh it together and we come out with positive well-being at the end of it. And this is all done in the natural environment. Brilliant. And on bikes as well, presumably. Yeah, the, the key motivator is using mountain bikes. And what we recognize is that by using an adventure sports, we can tap into certain parts of the brain that enhance various aspects of the flow therapy, which is a, a unique therapy that we've developed for this program. Brilliant. So it is, it's building on the idea that outdoor activity and, and contact with nature is, is kind of like our natural health service, something that um, Nature Scott's been supporting and advocating for a while now. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. The flow therapy that I've, I've mentioned is split into four different elements. So F uh, stands for focus, L is learning. O is others and W is well-being. But if I could just concentrate on the focus part of it. So focus or mindfulness is a really good way to tap into how you're feeling at that specific moment in time. And we use the natural trails within Scotland to create calm spaces for people to get to and tap into mindfulness. And we do mindfulness techniques with them. When it comes to the mountain bike side of things, when we're using the natural trails and natural features on the, on the trail, we coach people through how they're understanding their emotional well-being at that point in time and how that will impact upon their decision-making processes, which ultimately impacts upon their risk assessments. And you can only do that in the natural environment. You can't do it indoors. But that's really interesting, Paul, this, this idea of mindfulness and mountain biking. Maybe people don't naturally make the association between those two. I wonder if you could just speak a little bit more about that and how people might come to understand mountain biking as a mindful practice. So the, the two elements that we use, mindfulness, in its purest form, what we do is we will kind of ride for 45 minutes to an hour out into the countryside. We'll pick natural, beautiful spots that we have, and then we'll engage in mindfulness practices. So that can be working from the feet up, you know, taking off our socks and shoes, feeling the grass under our feet coming between the toes, listening to the, the wind in the trees, the smells that you get from well, natural pine forest this time of year is absolutely amazing. And then 
hearing the sounds, the natural sounds that are around us, whether that's kind of water or the wind rushing through the trees or, or something like that. When it comes to the uh, mindfulness techniques specifically to mountain biking, a really good uh, example is we've been working with a young woman who has a condition where her skin cannot come into contact with sunlight. So we've been doing night riding, which is specific to mountain biking. So when we go out riding in the woods, uh, you know, mountain biking scary enough, but when you go and do it at night through the woods and your whole world is just focused on that light beam in front of you, we encourage people to operate within that light beam, obviously, that, you know, that's all you can see. And it's a metaphor for filtering all the other anxieties that you might have, you know, about work, about life, about mental health issues. They all filter away. They all dissolve in the darkness. And then you're purely looking at what's in front of you. And that focus element, which relates to the mindfulness, is in its purest form. So it works across a lot of factors, really. That sounds fantastic and so powerful an experience for that participant. So the project's running in South Lanarkshire and Dundee. Can you tell us a little bit about who you're working with and where your participants come from? So um, the South NHS Lanarkshire and NHS Tayside, and we have different models running within each areas. The NHS Lanarkshire model, we work very closely with occupational therapists, occupational therapist assistants, mental health nurses, and that's very much a clinical setting with those patients. So they will get the support from the mental health professionals, and then they'll also get the flow therapy, which is delivered by the mountain bike leaders. And what we found is that the best connection there is by training those mental health professionals to be mountain bike leaders. And then bringing in the elements of the flow therapy within, within their kind of daily exercises, what they're doing. On the Tayside model, we've had to go from a different approach. We don't have the, the benefit of having OTs and OT assistants and that following us around. So we've created two distinct groups. One of them is working with Dundee Cycle Hub. And that is uh, looking at a whole family approach. Because we understand that when somebody has mental health issues that they're working through, through their into recovery, they need the support of the whole family. And quite often, we overlook those people that are the carers and supporters for the people having the mental health issues. And we, we feel that if we get everybody together, getting them involved in the decision-making process of the recovery journey, there's a better outcome for that patient. So we work with mums and dads and the daughters or sons, you know, they, they come along and they're in a learning environment where they're all learning together. So inevitably, there's a lot of competition. I've got to say the mums are the worst. They tend to be the, the most competitive people out there. <laughs> uh, but it's great. It's great. It brings everybody together and there's a lot of bonding, a lot of group bonding goes on. The other Tayside element that we have is an open referral group. And we take referrals from people on the Green Health Partnership. So it's uh, Green Health Prescriptions that, that we get. We get referrals from OTs at Cars View, Hearing Voices Network in Dundee, DVVA, uh, and word of mouth is, is kind of getting around. You know, Andy's Man Club have been in touch and, uh, and various other, other people have come along. One of the big ones that we've had is working with the Forest Rangers and the Branching Out Project can understand there's a lot of crossover 
between what they do and what we do. So again, we refer people into their project, they refer people into our project, and it's it's just a natural progression. One of the best stories that, that I can give you is uh, we were riding out from Camperdown Park up into Templeton Woods, and I got in touch with Laura, the forest ranger there, and said, um, do you happen to have your, your fire pit on that day? And she's like, yeah, yeah, because we've got a group on. I was like, do you mind if we use it? That's absolutely fine, she said. So in my head, we were going to ride all the way up into Templeton Woods, have a five-minute break, drink a water, and then do some more riding. But something extraordinarily happened when we sat around that fire pit in a circle with a fire in the middle. It really connected everybody with the natural environment, and everybody just started talking. It was non-judgmental, and the flow of conversation was such that we sat there for an hour, and people just started divulging. And it was the best form of therapy. And all I did uh, was facilitate the, the conversation that was going on. It was so powerful. Uh, it was sat in beautiful woodland with a, a fire in the middle. and Everybody was having a, a great time. It was, it was absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. So that was the, the connection that we made in, in nature that day. Really, really good. And that's the, the two different groups we're having in Dundee. I was just going to ask, the participants, do they have to have experience of riding a bike? presumably they, they all must be able to ride a bike or can you help them with that as well? We ask that all our participants that come along can ride a bike. We're not there to teach people to, to ride a bike. That would just take too much time and we would lose the, the essence of the therapy within the, the trail therapy aspect. What we do find is that a lot of people who come to us, yeah, they can ride a bike and quite comfortably riding around the town or you know on, on concrete, that type of thing. Many of them have never been off-road. We have to dispel a lot of myths about what mountain biking is. When you ask people about mountain biking, they think, oh, it's people with full-face helmets on, loads of body armor, and you're throwing yourself down big hills. And, and really, yes, that is an element of mountain biking, but it's a very, very small part. What we're trying to do is encourage people just to get off onto the fire tracks. You know, that's off-road. Uh, and quite often that's enough, especially when you're you're riding through big trees. And we're lucky enough to have that in, in Perthshire, along Tayside. It's big tree country after mm-hmm. all. And it is just fantastic when you're able to do that ride along. It doesn't have to be a, an adrenaline-fueled adventure. What we're trying to do is create a state of mind where people are at peace and at calm. And then they leave us with a big smile on their face. That said... These competitive mums that I talked about earlier on, <laughs> <laughs> they're the ones They're the ones that really want to go off with the, the drop-offs and the jumps and do the burns. And yeah, we, we teach that as well because it's fun, you know. Absolutely, it is. It's, it is. I miss it, actually. I used to, before I had children, I used to go uh, on the trails quite a lot. So I would I would love to get, to get back into that, absolutely. And what about the bikes themselves? Do you provide bikes for people? How, how does that work? So that's one of the, the big issues that we've, we've had within the, the project. We encourage people to bring their own bikes. And when the bikes turn up, the first thing we do is a safety check on the bikes. And we're trying to encourage people to be resilient and uh, being able to repair their bikes if, if need be. And, and we teach them how to do that. Myself, they're the volunteers that are there. We're, we're qualified bike mechanics. So uh, it's well within our remit to do that. We have been gifted bikes from Alpine Bikes at Glentress Mountain Bike Centre. And uh, we have a whole fleet of bikes that, that people can use, which is great. 
So folk turn up, they get these all singing, all dancing, very nice trek bikes uh, and a helmet. And, you know, that's the bare minimum that require people to go out on. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I've seen, people who've, who've come on the on the course, we normally run six session blocks and then continue after that if folk, folk want to do it. People go away, they start buying their own kit. So it's it starts off with a helmet, a pair of gloves, and then all of a sudden they're buying their own bikes. <laughs> and yeah. they're, they're really proud of these bikes, as they should be. You spend a lot of money on them. We've got a project in Dunkeld, a way to start with progression bikes in Dunkeld. And they have a fleet of e-mountain bikes. So these are pedal assist bikes. We find a lot of people who come to us, they're beginning their recovery journey. And, you know, the recovery takes into account physical health as well. And they may have not ridden bike for a long time. The physical health might be a bit low. So these pedal assist bikes really help people get up hills. You know, it's easy to ride up them. So they offer their fleet of bikes for us a couple hours each week. And people get get to use them. Comrie Croft as well, out by Creef, they're offering the same type of thing. They're actually throwing in a couple of coaches and leaders as well to to help out, which is fantastic. And of course, they've got purpose built facilities right there on the doorstep. So yeah, it's good. It's good. We're we're lucky that we've had so many businesses and organisations either donate bikes to us or donate their fleet of hire bikes to us for a couple hours because they're so passionate about the project as well. It sounds such a, a varied project. How, if you can, would you describe maybe a typical session and how it would work? How would volunteers uh, support? What what experience would participants have in a, in a typical session? So when our sessions first start, we get people, understandably, they're nervous that, that they're turning up to a new session. And the, the first thing we do is to welcome everybody, let them know that they're in a, a non-judgmental environment they can chat about anything and they've got the support of myself and the, the volunteers. And all of the volunteers that we have were all qualified mountain bike leaders. Some of us are coaches as well. And some of us have got experience within the field of mental health. So that's the first thing that we do is, is kind of welcome everybody in. Then we start asking them what their expectations are. What are their aims? What do they want to get out of the next six weeks? And uh, a lot of folk are you know, very honest, there's like, I just want to get out, outside, in nature, ride a bike. Brilliant. Okay, I can achieve that. But we start making the expectations a bit more realistic and say, okay, what if I can teach you to be comfortable going down a piece of single track and going around a tight corner and maybe going off a couple logs? Would you be happy to do that? You know, and we build them up quite slowly. So we're building up resilience. Resilience is the key message that we want to put across because if we can let people have strategic tools to address resilience on the mountain bike then they can take that into their other life if you like outside of mountain biking and apply those same skills there so that's what we're we're trying to achieve volunteers who turn up and help us out they've got their own desires as well and that's one of the unexpected outcomes from the project that we've we've found a lot of the volunteers that turn up are now moving on and working within the field of either adventure sports and mountain biking. We've had somebody become a, an adventure therapist. It's a very, oh. very, very cool <laughs> job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we've had some of our volunteers who are now working in schools for young people with additional support needs, specifically around mental health issues. And 
volunteering on this project has given them the skills and experience to be able to go and work within these fields. So that's that's been really nice as well to, to see that happen. Fantastic. What 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 kind of impacts do you see on or in the participants themselves? How how do they feel after they've you know com- completed each session uh, and, and the kind of the long term impact as well? Some of the pos- positive benefits we've seen amongst our participants are increased self esteem, increased self confidence, increased resilience, obviously increased skills in in mountain biking. Yeah, you know, that's just what we want to see. More importantly, they've they bring all that together, the skills, the confidence, and the experience, and they start volunteering themselves. So they become the peer mentors and advocates for the program. You know, it's all very well me sitting and saying mountain biking's great and the outdoors is great, but you know, I'm a professional biker. I get paid to go out and do this. They don't. And what they're bringing to it is their, their experience of, of coming in with quite low expectations of, of what this thing is going to deliver. And and now they're saying, this is brilliant. This works. This is how it has worked for me. And this is the benefits that I, I am getting from this. We have a, a man who, who comes to the group. He, he I'm allowed to share this story. So he suffers from schizophrenia. He hears voices and he turns up one day and he says, Paul, I, I never nearly made it today. Or, it was really difficult for me to come here. I'm feeling very, very low. And I'm like, thank you very much for telling me. We'll, we'll adjust the ride accordingly. And, you know, you just let me know if you need to stop or if you want to talk or, you know, whatever. Anyway, we go riding for three hours. And at the end of those three hours, he is beaming. And he says, I'm so glad I came. I've been energized. It's really good just to have chat to the volunteers, get what's off my mind. I feel brilliant. I feel really, really good. I'm so glad that I came along. And we hear stories like this all the time. It's hard to underestimate the impact that you are having in somebody's life, especially if they have mental health issues and maybe having suicidal thoughts. We provide a safe, open environment for people to talk about suicide. We're non-judgmental in listening to them, and they might not have anywhere else or anybody else to talk about these feelings. And we know that just talking about suicide, for example, reduces the amount of people who go on to complete suicide. So in terms of the all part, the others part of the flow therapy, this is an absolutely fundamental key aspect of creating a safe, open environment for people to talk in. Very mm. powerful. It sounds so powerful. And are the su- support workers or the, the, you don't, you know, you mentioned the families of, of participants in the Dundee project, what's their feedback? Do they give you feedback on on how the sessions are helping the participants and, and themselves as well, actually? Yeah, we do. I, I'm quite keen to get everyone's feedback at, at the end of the day. And normally I mean, that's a quick, hot debrief. How are things for you? What can we change next week type of thing? What would you like to see more of if you really enjoyed it? But then I'll get an email from somebody through the week you know, and I've moved on. I forgot. I'm, I'm on to the next session. Really, I'm planning the next one. And then this wonderful email will come in from either the parent of somebody that we're working with or a key worker that, that's been coming along on the sessions as well. I said, I just want to let you know the impact that you are having. And we hear some wonderful anecdotal evidence of how people's moods been elevated, how their ambition has elevated. 
they have dreams, they have hopes for the future, and then that leads into the you know the whole family approach that I was talking about. That that goes right the way throughout the whole family and kind of lifts lifts everybody. It's really 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 good to hear, and also I get um, positive feedback from the volunteers as well. Again, you know they'll they'll email and say oh, I had a great chat with such and such uh, during the week and it's uh, it's been really positive to hear that they're actually getting on with different things in their life now this has given them the energy the motivation the confidence to go and go and do other things wow what a wonderful wonderful job you have actually and and you talked about the feedback you you receive it do, do you monitor that do you record that how does it how does it work the, their kind of mood their self-esteem and their confidence so the scaling that we do is through the Warwickshire Edinburgh Mental Wellbeing Scaling. It's called WEMWEBS. Uh, you have to apply and the specific use of this because it's it's copyright. And we can take a snapshot of where somebody is when they first join us and where they are in six weeks' times. And there's a, there's a kind of range of, I think there's 15 questions on there. We go through the questions and, and they scale it themselves on one to five. And that is how we are measuring increase in well-being in somebody we are not psychologists i don't have any psychologists on the team yet but they're very welcome to come along and, and join in if they want so I'm not a psychologist i'm not a therapist and uh, i'm not a psychiatrist so i can't claim to improve somebody's psychological mental health but i can measure their well-being where they've come from and where they're at that's really interesting, Paul, and obviously the direct effect of these sessions is clear. Out with the sessions, do you think participants are encouraged to and that they do spend no, more time in nature of their own accord? Yeah, I am noticing people spending more time in nature of, of their own accord. I'm smiling because I actually bumped into one of my participants. Um, <laughs> I was, I was, <laughs> it was a day off for me. And uh, no surprise, I was still on my bike with <laughs> with, uh, with my my family, my wife and my my two boys, and uh, we just happened to be cycling along uh, in the woods up in Dundee, and I bumped into one of my cycling participants and stopped and have have a chat. And how how are you doing? How's it going? He's oh great, great, yeah. I'm I'm actually leading a walking group. I'm like you're leading wow. a walking group. Yeah, it's a mental health walking group, and uh, yeah. I'm leading them around the trails that we we ride around during the day. I'm like that's that's brilliant. That's wow. lovely. It must yeah. have been so rewarding for you to to see that in action. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's given something back. You know, it's the whole. He's learned something. Uh, he's doing the others aspect of it. His well being's improved. It's just ticking all those flow boxes that, that that we're trying to do, and it's all within nature. It's it just fits. It works. Superb. And and what's next for the project? What 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 developments do you see over or the coming coming seasons? So what we have in the 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 plan at the moment, our strategic plan, is to start rolling this out across Scotland. We've had so much interest in this project, and I've done podcasts like this with people in New Zealand, Spain, Argentina, California, Canada, uh, and up and down the the UK. the The interest has been absolutely fantastic. As much as I would love to travel to Spain and California and and, <laughs> and, and roll this out, I think we need to concentrate in Scotland first. So as I already mentioned, we are we 
had chats and we're launching the Dunkeld group, the Comrie group. We're still expanding the the Dundee cohort as well, and that should yeah, that's kind of Tayside covered really from you know the, the the mouth that runs into the North Sea in Dundee all the way up to Aberfeldy and Kenmore, you know, up to Loch Tay. So we kind of really hit that. We've had uh, notes of interest from Fort William, so they they run a, a master's degree in the adventure therapy, and they want some of their students to come and work alongside us as part of their degree. Uh, so that's that's really interesting. Inverness NHS, they're really interested as well, up to Aberdeen. So I'm not sure how I'm going to split myself between between <laughs> all of that, <laughs> um, but. The, the the way the model is working, I think it's great that we have these volunteers that have a background in mental health and mountain biking, and we let them run it, and I will kind of oversee their projects, how it's running, and I'll be the main point of contact for the NHS trusts uh, and any other organisations that are around that need to get involved. Brilliant. I'll... Um... I was looking at the Developing Mountain Biking in Scotland website and I, and I encourage our listeners to go and have a look at that. And I loved what you said on on there about the, the trail therapy. It's not about how far, how fast or how high. It's all about how much you enjoyed the experience, how big the smile was and how much you want to get back to do it again. It's so, so true. And I was just thinking about our own Make Space for Nature campaign. We're always encouraging people to get out and look after nature and enjoy nature. What are your favorite? I'm kind of going to guess what you're going to answer with this, but I was I was going to ask you what are your favorite ways to make space for nature in your life, and uh, have you got any top tips for our audience? For me, I'm I'm obviously into my outdoor sports. So when I'm not leading people down mountain bike trails, I'm I'm also a ski and snowboard instructor as well. So I think you have to enjoy every season in nature. I know a lot of people retreat and hide during the the winter season, but we are so lucky in Scotland, uh, and I have done this myself. I encourage other folk to do this. You can be at the top of a mountain on a pair of skis, ski down to the bottom of the centre, jump on a mountain bike, mountain bike through a forest, <laughs> and then be sat on a beach in the evening having a barbecue. And I, you know, I've done that. That's Cairngorm is a perfect place to, to kind of do that because you've got a beach down at Loch Morlick, so you can do that. And mm-hmm. I don't know what many other countries in the world where you can actually do that. So, yeah, that's if I'm looking for my adrenaline-fueled way of doing things, that's it. However, I equally enjoy just kind of walking through the woods at the back of my house with my dog on my own early in the morning, just when sun's coming up, and just enjoying that stillness, that calmness. And this kind of brings me back to the, the mindfulness state of mind. Just Just take that time. Be good to yourself. Get into nature. Just find a little spot, sit down and start listening and feeling and enjoying your full sensory exploration of what's happening right there in, in your natural background. Absolutely. It's all about embracing the seasons and, and, and using your, your senses when you're, when you're outdoors as well. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today, Paul. That has been a fascinating insight into, into your job and uh, uh, and trail therapy and it, it really does sound fantastic and I really hope you, you manage to develop it even further and take it to New Zealand if you if you so wish in California so so thanks again uh, thank you very much for having me along it's been a, a pleasure speaking to you both it was great Paul so inspiring and I'm, I'm sure it will make a lot of people see see the tracks around Scotland differently and hopefully inspire them to to do something for themselves 
Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying Make Space for Nature, please follow it on your podcast app and leave a review or rating. We'd also love you to tell more people about the series. For more ways to connect with and help protect Scotland's natural world, go to nature.scot.com.